KC, are you what? here? What was that? Oh, hey, you are here. I'm here. What are you doing, Yon? That's my job. Oh, it's your job to yawn? Yeah. Okay. I was just going to come in with a big old yawn and not even mention how much you yawn in the pre-show. Well, hold on. You can only you can only hear those yawns if you become a <laughs> member of the Skeptic Mafia <laughs> by either hitting the join link here on YouTube or by going over to Patreon for as little as a dollar. You can also get those episodes. Yes, and they're unedited. So it's just straight dead air unless I make a dick <laughs> joke. I'm just telling you. I mean, that's incentive enough. Yeah, sure, honey. <laughs> 20 minutes, nothing but dick jokes. That's not today, true. That's not true. Today, though, uh, I have to say I'm proud of myself. There is not a dick joke in here. Really? And yet you've already said dick joke about five times. Uh, well, I mean, in the summary that I'm about to. Right. Do. Okay, so let's get to the summary here. Okay, right? I'm I am ready. There are no dicks in here. Okay. All right. So today we're talking about Ruth. Um, the story starts out with Naomi, uh, Ruth's monster-in-law. <laughs> now Naomi is living up the Israelite dream, and uh, but she was living in enemy territory. Uh, because she was living in t- enemy territory, her husband died, and then both of her sons died, and then she's left with Oprah and Ruth. Yes. Oprah is in the story this week. I mean, last week we had Elon and Jared Kushner. This week, uh, I mean, I can't, I can't even grasp like the amount of celebrities that are going to be in the Bible. You get a Jew. You get a Jew. Everybody gets a Jew. <laughs> I'm glad how I'm glad that I didn't start that one. <laughs> I was trying to think of something better to say than you, but it just happened. <laughs> All right. So um, going, going back, <laughs> uh, Naomi decides that she's going to go back to Judah because this uh, this land that she's in fucked her up enough. Um, and then she tries to return the girls for in-store credits. Um, only <laughs> Oprah has actually been able to be returned. So she's kind of stuck with Ruth. Um, the people recognized her when she got back into town, though, so she changed her name to a bitter bitch named Mara. And uh, Ruth gets involved with harvesting beer. I didn't know if you knew that, but beer grew on, on like, I don't know, plants or something back then. It, it's <laughs> a, it was an interesting world at that time, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, so Ruth chooses Boaz's field. Um, now uh, you guys might have a city named Boaz. It is not a whole city. It is just a person that the cities are probably named from, uh, named, uh, named for, uh, then Boaz drops food on the ground for this peasant bitch so that she can eat it. Um, I mean, that's, that's some lucky shit right there for that, for, for Ruth. Um, Boaz is a, actually a kissing cousin of Naomi, but Naomi mm. tries to whore Ruth out. <laughs> Luckily, Ruth has a foot fetish and that <laughs> didn't exactly work for Boaz, but it'll work out in the end. Trust me. Um, so Boaz says, uh, some, Oh, Boaz says that someone else is in line to purge that pussy. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) The lawyers would like to apologize. I I should do that in advance. I apologize in advance for anything Godless Engineer says during this podcast. And then a superhero named the Kinsman Redeemer (laughs) flies in and buys up that snatch. But he didn't. 
but but actually there were three kin redeemers that showed up. One of them doesn't like hoes though, so Boaz ends up purchasing that pink taco. There were, there were not three redeemers. There, but uh, okay, there were there were three there were three people posing as kin redeemers or whatever the fuck. I, we'll figure it out. And then they do a weird thing with shoes. I don't I don't want to know about your fetishes, their Bible, but. I'm gonna assume they fuck the shoes. <laughs> That's uh, a weird assumption. Also, yeah. how would you fuck a shoe? I, never uh, mind. I don't want to know. <laughs> Ask armored skeptic. Oh, okay. I don't. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not gonna. You know, because this is not a con- no. I don't know, and and it's just not a conversation. I'm not gonna like DM Greg and be like, "Hey, dude, did you fuck a shoe?" Like this isn't no. No, who's his fiance? Oh shoe! God damn, that was like <laughs> slow as molasses there. <laughs> it's like oh, Greg fucked a shoe. No, Greg did not fuck a shoe, but he does fuck shoe. <laughs> My bad. My bad. <laughs> Um, but anyways, Boaz plunders that nether region and Ruth gets pregnant with Obed. Obed, uh, is, is, uh, the uh, father of Jesse, who is, I actually have David's David, but it's David's dad. (laughs) This is what I meant to write. (laughs) So there you go. We're, we're snatching up the snatches and we're purchasing the pink tacos today. That's what we're doing. Oh my. It's a whole, it's a whole bunch of the women buying and trading and returning for store credit. I, you know, I bet you Oprah, she gets good in store credit. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. I really hope that none of you like actually think that anything he says is right at the beginning of this thing and listen past the first few minutes because... Wow. Oh, I've had comments where they're like, I couldn't make it past three minutes. How <laughs> dare you insult the Bible? <laughs> we just want to get that right out there up front so people don't know. Because here's the thing. There have been people who have watched our rival podcast who think that it's like a real. I mean, it is real, but who think that, you know, we're, we're serious. Yeah. Well, like seriously religious about it. We are serious. It's just they don't know at first that it's like not from a religious perspective. So... We let them know right up front with GE's crazy shit, and that way they can fucking go and leave us alone and everybody else who thinks he's funny somehow will stay and, and watch. The, the <laughs> amount of backhanded commentary right now, I cannot. <laughs> I mean, I think you're entertaining, but, you know. What's up, heathens? How y'all doing? I hope you love that extended intro today. I mean, we got a lot to go over, so, I mean... It was was special. It was special. Mm -hmm. You know what I think that I might do one day? I I think I'm going to go back through all of the episodes Uh and put together a massive movie that's just called The Bible, and it's just going to be my horrible descriptions of what happened. Oh my god, that would be so amazing. It would. I mean, you seem to hate them every time, but I mean, you were excited about it. I don't hate them. They're hilarious, but they're not at all. Like if somebody was actually like listening to it, they would have, they would be able to correct you on so much stuff just because it's, it's wrong. I mean, it's funny, but it's not right. Well, I mean, that's the point though. It's not, it's not right. And, but the way that I interpret it is, is hilarious. I, I know. 
Okay. All right. So let's, uh, we got a lot to get through today. So let's go on ahead and yes. get through uh, Ruth here. Yes. So Ruth one through four, that's what we're going to through today because that's what Ruth is. Okay. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land and a man from Bethlehem and Judah. Uh, so this is the reason why we're doing Ruth now. Because it's during the time of the judges and it's like, so it's before the judges ended. Oh, yeah. And it's. Yeah, uh, sorry. So. We explained that last episode. I try, I, I forgot. Um, last episode, we were in Judges. We're doing Ruth now and then we'll be back in Judges because the book that we're doing, the 365 Daily Bible. What's it called? Uh, the Daily Bible in chronological order. So that's the important part in chronological order, 365 daily readings. So there are some things that are out of order here, um, out of order that you would see in the Bible, but it's because they put it in order of time. So the story is actually a timeline. So it makes more sense than whatever the fuck they did in the Bible. Yeah. And it makes sense that Ruth is here because, uh, with, I believe it's, is it Samson? That's the last judge. Uh, yes. Yeah, Samson S comes next. Yes. Yeah, Samson is the last judge. So this had to happen before that. But since, uh, David, uh, or, or David's dad is being born in this one at the end, well, at the end of Ruth, then no, it no, had to occur. Jesse, er, David's grandfather. Oh, David's grandfather. Obed is David's grandfather. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So grandfather. So it had to occur right here at the end. Yeah. So in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land and a man from Bethlehem in Judah together with his wife had two sons. And went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his <laughs> wife, Naomi. Yes, Elimelech. <laughs> Elimelech. Not Abimelech, Elimelech. I feel, I, <laughs> I feel like they're just grasping for new names in order to, like, I mean, why can't they just reuse some shit? <laughs> well, they do. I mean, they do sometimes. We'll see. Um, the names of their two sons were Malin and Killian. They were... Um, Ephrathites, Ephrath, Ephrathites, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> From Bethlehem, Judah, which we already know. And they went to Moab and lived there. We just said that. We're going to say it again because reasons. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other <laughs> named Ruth, it, not Oprah. It will always Orpah. be Oprah. No, Orpah. 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 And the other named Ruth. And they lived there for about 10 years. Both Malin and Killian also died. And Naomi was left without two sons or her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. So they were going back to um, Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on a road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Yeah, see, this is returning for in-store credit here. <laughs> I guess, I guess, but she's not getting anything. She's just telling him to go. I mean, in-store credit's not really getting anything either, at least not at first. You're just, I mean, it's the in-store credit of God, I would guess. Okay. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back with you to your people. 
But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? I should fucking hope not. (laughs) Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. So she thinks that God's mad at her and is punishing her. Well, actually, um, how the Christians teach that this is not that um, the Lord is against her necessarily. Um, she, you know, it's the whole guilt trip that they play on on people. And they actually turn this around to not being that she thinks that God is mad at her, but just that, you know, they're living in a land that's among pagans and everything like that. Yeah. So it's it's like because of her actions that this stuff has happened. But she was still faithful to her God. She was still like loyal to Israel. Well, yeah, but you remember, you can't live amongst the pagans. That's true. And so that is how she was not directly obeying him. So the so she doesn't consider it at, like as a as a negative thing, but they actually paint this as how God has control over our lives. Oh, okay. And so it's it's not that God has done it in anger or she thinks God is mad at her or anything. It's just that this is the control that God has. No, she does think that. Maybe that's not how Christians teach it now, but that's what it says in the Bible. Oh, I know that's what it says in the Bible, but like uh, I'm I'm telling you like that's how that's how they turn it around so that it's it, it it actually becomes how Naomi is disobedient to God mm-hmm. and is being punished for it because she's disobedient. Right. And that's why she's going back to Bethlehem so that she can be obedient. Yeah. So at, at this like explanation that Naomi gave the two daughters, um they wept again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and left, but Ruth clung to her. This is actually a um parable. Yeah. Uh, this particular part right here, especially, uh, highlights part of the parable because Ruth clings to Naomi. Naomi is the link to this Yahweh God, mm-hmm. right? The God of the Israelites. And so what you have is the one, uh, like, Israelite girl, I guess now, who kisses the mom and leaves. Oh, no, she goes, was a Moabite. Well, she well, she married into the Israelites or whatnot. So it's all about like the adherence to God and clinging to God and everything like that. So the one leaves. Right. Right. While Ruth clings to her. That actually happens a lot. One goes away. One gets sent away or one leaves and the other one stays. That happens a lot throughout the Bible. Yeah. But the the Ruth being the one that stays, uh, it like because she stayed, good things will happen to her because she's adhering to God's will. Like uh, that's what Naomi is supposed to represent, like God in this parable. Well, and she's and she's giving up her family. She's giving up a chance really to have another husband. She's giving up a lot um, in her in her mind from her perspective at that point to go with Naomi. Right, and I think that that pretty well parallels like the sacrifice or whatnot that the Israelites have to give up in order to be obedient to God. Yeah, so let's actually read that part because we haven't even read that part yet about their bond and the her clinging. We haven't read that part yet. Oh, so let's crap. go ahead and do that right oh, now. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought yeah. we. I thought. No, I just that I just said clung to her, and then it goes into a whole other section about this. So let's just read that. Oh, sorry. Then. That's okay. 
Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods go back with her. But Ruth replied, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So that's the rest of it. Um, so the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Uh, Don't call me Naomi, she said to them. Call me Mara. Now, Naomi uh, in Hebrew means... Uh, what did I say a minute earlier? Pleasant. It, Naomi in Hebrew means pleasant. And Mara in Hebrew means bitter. Mm -hmm. So she she explains, call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moab, Moabite, Moab, Moabitis? <laughs> that, you know, that's, that sounds like like something like diabetes. I know. That's <laughs> I guess a Moabitis, okay? Mo Moabitis. Um, her daughter-in-law arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Not oh, barley. Beer, not beer. Well, beer's made from barley? Barley. <sighs> barley. Is it, is it not? Beer does not grow on anything. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. So. Wine does, though. <laughs> wine does not. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> okay. Orange juice grows on trees. Okay, look, if wine doesn't grow on fucking vines and shit, then orange juice definitely doesn't grow on it either. Yes, it does, because you can't just cut a grape and wine come out. You can cut a grape, or I mean an orange... And squeeze out the juice, and that is orange juice. Okay, well, I mean, with wine, you got to crush it, let it ferment for, like, years. And, and put other shit in it and whatever else. You don't have to do that with orange with orange juice. You got to squeeze it. There's some processing to it. No. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead. Okay. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech. I don't like this name. Elimelech. A man of standing whose name was Boaz, and Ruth the Moabitess <laughs> said to Naomi you can't, you can't think of it without, <laughs> without thinking of diabetes. Moabitess. Actually, it doesn't make me think of that. It makes me think of, you know, the Family Guy episode where Peter Griffin is like, gingivitis. <laughs> That's what it makes me think of. <laughs> Moabitess. <laughs> Okay, and Ruth Mo Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go into the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I favor. And this is a, something that is um, talked about in the laws when we go through the, the, the laws in the books of Moses, uh -huh. where uh, the Israelites, when they plow their fields, you know, when they harvest, they, they don't pick up anything, they drop 
they leave it for the people who are less fortunate, the homeless, whatever, and they can come into the fields and pick it up from behind the harvesters. Mm-hmm. So they're they're abiding by that. Right. So I think that's you, you know they're they're doing a lot of plowing in this particular episode. <laughs> fields. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. Uh, The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning until now, except for a short rest in the shelter. I like how everybody hears like Naomi be like, nah, my name's Mara now because I'm bitter as fuck. And they're all like, nah, you're Naomi. I know you. I had fourth grade with your ass. Well, I mean, they're yeah, they do. They actually never call her Mara. Yeah. Um, but well, I don't know if you remember in the office, but in the office, uh, um, Andy, uh, he punches a hole in the wall. And then he goes away for anger management. And then he comes back wanting people to call him Drew. Oh, and they're yeah. all like, no, we're not doing that. Not and I Drew. feel like this is the same situation with Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we're not calling you Mara because you're. Naomi. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, side note, though, you should just call people whatever they want to be called. <laughs> we um, got to be PC up in this bitch, okay? <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just a nice thing. Like, just it's a common courtesy. If someone wants to be called whatever, call them that thing. Whatever that thing is. So, you know, we should, out of respect for Naomi, change her name the rest of the book to Mara. Why are we being respectful to mythical characters? Not I, mythical, but fictional. I'm just saying. It's nice. It's nice to do. I'm not doing that because that would take some effort. And this person oh. <laughs> is not in existence. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, so Boaz uh, went and said to Ruth, my daughter, called her daughter, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the fields where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And wherever you, whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. I mean, is that like a lot like the wolves? Like, did he pee on her? Is like, I've marked you. What claimed? <laughs> claimed. He's claimed her. And like all that was of actually the that was actually not the wolves. That was the um. That wasn't the wolves. God, what were they called? They actually come back this this next half of the season. Oh, no, I'm not. You're talking about The Walking Dead? Yeah. I am not talking about The Walking Dead. I'm talking oh. about literal wolves marking their territory oh. with their piss. Oh. And so I, I felt like it's a little bit of a piss play kind of thing. Like he oh. peed on her and all all he's the alpha. And so all oh. of the little filled boys are just not even going to look her direction because <laughs> Master has claimed his ass. Yeah, well... I mean, but he calls her daughter, so it's kind of weird. You know what? Mm. It does not surprise me in this particular book. Yeah, right. It wouldn't be the first time that we have some incest going on. (laughs) 
At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I have been told about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you rich be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. <clears throat> to translate for all you people, he basically said, dad ass. <laughs> Or he, like, looked down a little bit and was like, because you thick, girl. <laughs> I mean, it's that's, that's pretty much Israelite for those two phrases. Oh, okay. <laughs> May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing in, of one of your servant girls. In, at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the white in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them there for her to pick and don't rebuke her. So he wants them to, like, make sure she gets a little more. He's sweet on her. So th this is actually a uh, another parallel to God and uh, trusting God. Yeah. The, the entire this entire book of Ruth is about trusting God. Um, so basically, with her sitting down, converting to be an Israelite, or putting, or you know, uh, taking bread or, or having a meal with them, and dipped in wine, dipped in wine, and 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 you know, succumbing to the the uh, Israelite religion. Um, I mean, she's indicating that she puts her trust in this, that her trust in this God. Um, uh, I mean, they note how she's left former associates, the, that, uh, you know, she's come amongst all these new people um, and how she humbled herself and all this other stuff. And then she found protection when she did all these things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very visual in how it builds this whole uh, – uh, picture of what God means to the Israelite people because you know it, it's well, when when they decide to follow him yeah when they decide to follow <laughs> him uh, she, you know she she has food she's protected she's cherished and all this other stuff so I mean that's what this this part right here is supposed to uh, you know, be an example of that and it's a parallel to God's relationship with the people of Israel Israel. Yeah. Okay. So. I like how you're like, okay, enough of the Christian shit. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have anything to, to really add. Okay. Okay. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening, and then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. She get which um which is a three fifths of a bushel, about twenty two liters. So she got a lot of food. Mm hmm. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Um, where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. 
Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. The Then Ruth the Moabitess said, even he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the girls because in someone else's field, you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Oh, okay. So one th- th- this is the kissing cousin that I was talking about in my summary. Who Boaz? Boaz is the kissing cousin of Naomi. Except he doesn't kiss Naomi. Uh, well, I mean, you know how these Israelites fuck each other all the time. I don't know how that no. I mean, they're all in the same group and you don't think they fuck each other? <laughs> I'm just saying I don't I don't I don't know that they had any kind of intimate relationship. Okay. One day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, I don't know why they keep doing that. They keep reminding us, Naomi, mother-in-law, Ruth, daughter-in-law, I don't know why, uh, said to her, my daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you may be well provided for? Is not Boaz with whose servant girls you have been a kinsman of ours? Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. Okay, so this is, of course, another highlight of obeying God's word and God's instruction and everything. Because Ruth is just like, all right, I'll do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Uncover his feet. Hell, I'll even lick his toes. It doesn't say anything about toe licking. Well, I know it doesn't, but I'm fairly certain that if she was like, lick his toes a little bit, spit on him and everything. Like, I'm sure if she would have said that, Ruth would have been like, oh, okay, I'll I'll definitely do that. Like, I'm I'm fairly certain she would have done that. Spit on him? (laughs) <laughs> Spit on them. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I got stuck back there. Okay. Um. So, Ruth went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. Of course. Including spitting and licking his toes. Um, when, <laughs> See, you're getting into it. You're having fun with it. <laughs> when Boaz had finished eating and drinking, he was in good spirits. He, uh, the, the, a.k.a. drunk. Yeah, he was very drunk. He was drunk. And listen, if I know anything from today's PC culture, that cannot be consent. It's true. He can't give consent Works right both now. ways. Okay, ladies. <laughs> he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet. This seems like sexual harassment. And, and lie down and laid down. Okay, wait a second. So Boaz, top yeah. dog, the owner of everything there, is just going by some kind of random grain pile to fall asleep? Yeah. Doesn't he have a fucking room or something? He, I would think that he would have a goddamn master bedroom he could stumble into. I mean, I don't care how drunk I am. If I want to be in bed, I will fucking be in bed. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sleep out in the yard. 
Well, I mean, he was in a building. Like, in the pro- in like the processing, he was on the threshing floor where they, like, processed the barley. Okay. So he was inside. He just, I don't know. Yeah, maybe but I'm he not... likes sleeping amongst the grain. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe he was just too drunk to walk. Maybe. I don't know. I can tell you, though, if he's too drunk to walk, he's too drunk to get that dick up. <laughs> well, good thing that doesn't happen tonight. Fuck, I made a dick joke. Okay. So... In the middle of the night, something startled him, and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. Oh, Jesus Christ. This this sounds like it should be part of, like, you know, one of those dirty novels. I, well, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we should start playing in the background, like, really soft, like, porn music like, like porn music. <laughs> well i can just imagine him sitting there snoring and he's like huh oh shit what the fuck oh what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> okay the lord bless you my daughter he replied ew <laughs> this kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier uh-huh I don't know what she's doing. The The toe licking and spitting must have done it for her. Uh, she had to have been topless. I'm just saying. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am near kin, there is a kinsman redeemer nearer than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good. Let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. See, like, I I don't know. It's hard for me not to get to in-store credit when it talks about (laughs) redeeming. (laughs) Like, there's another guy that can redeem his shit out here, so, I mean... Okay, so she lie at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did, he poured into it six measures of barley and put it on her. Then he went back into town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me the six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Okay. Mm, She is apparently going to pawn off that pussy soon. Well, so they have to sell, like, everything that the the women aren't allowed to own it. So they have to sell everything that, that belonged to Elimelech. Right. Do you like how none of this is Ruth's, like, want? Like, Ruth just wants to be good for Naomi, right? I mean, yeah, it seems like that's what she wants. It seems like she wants to have... I mean, I don't know. She seems to like Boaz. Well, yeah, but, I mean, like, it it was like Naomi told her to go and lay at the feet of Boaz, and then Boaz is like, here, take this shit, and... I mean, it, but it was just, after it was after um, Ruth was telling her about how kind he was and like going on about him. So I feel like she, I feel like, you know, she was just maybe. But in the end, I doubt that she's actually going to have a choice in the matter. Oh no, we're getting there. Okay, so meanwhile, 
Boaz went up to the town uh, gate and sat there. When the king, when the, let's say kingsman, when the kinsman redeemer he had mentioned came along, Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took took 10 of the elders of the town and said, sit here. And they did so. Then he said to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do, do so. But if you will not, tell me so I will know, for no one has right to do it except for you and I am next in line. I will redeem it, he said. <laughs> I, I can't help but to still think about it in a naughty way. <laughs> well, so here, but we're not done yet. So Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi and from Ruth the Moabites, or the Moabites, you acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this, the kinsman redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do that. So I'm assuming that he already had a wife. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, that is an assumption. Or you could assume that he just doesn't like women at all. He, he could, might not. He could love the trouser snakes. He could. Yeah. So it's really up in the air. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why the uh, polygamy would be a problem now. Especially I don't either. with the Israelites, because, like, I mean, I don't know, like, concubines are a thing. You could take her as a concubine. Or does she have to stay the status of wife? No. So because the the kinsman died, he, she would need to marry the brother or, you know, the closest kinsman. Mm, I mean, they all they I mean, I still don't see a problem with the multiple marriages stuff. Apparently it's a problem now. Uh, it's a problem. There's never guy. really inconsistent. There's never really any consistency in the Bible. Mm, true. Except for inconsistency. <laughs> so he, so the kinsman redeemer that came along, we never got his name. He can't redeem or won't. So now Boaz is going to do it. So. Mm -hmm. In earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. All right. By giving sandals? Yeah. You just take your sandal off and hand it to the other guy. I'm assuming they give it right back and put your, you know, you put it back on. Um, so the kinsman redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself. And the kinsman redeemer took off his sandal and handed it to Boaz. Um, basically legalizing the transaction. Basically that, that was his way of passing on the kinsman redeemer role. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't want it. You take it. Here's my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> like how crazy would that be now like when you finalize like you know buying a car and it's like all right well we got to make this thing legal and you take off a shoe you give it to the guy and the guy just stands there like what the fuck are you doing i don't want this shit <laughs> you know it would be funny huh when we get married if i take off my shoe and hand it to you <laughs> if you do that i'm gonna laugh <laughs> so hard <laughs> Okay, so then Boaz announced to the elders and to all the people, Today you are witness that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malan. 
I have also acquired Ruth, the Moabitess, Malin's widow, as my wife, and in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from the town records, today you are a witness. See, I, I really don't like like the literal objectification of a woman here. Like, I don't know. I, it really rubs me the wrong way. Well, I mean, she's property just like everything else. I, well, I mean, I'm uncomfortable with the whole property aspect of women in the Bible in the first place. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be somebody else's property. Well, neither Nobody do, fucking neither, owns me. Neither do women. That's... that's well, I know. I'm just... So feminism. Feminism. Feminist, fucking feminism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, I mean, I don't know. It just really makes me, like, it's just so nonchalant Yeah. in, in the Bible. Well, that's because of how it was in society. Well, I mean, in the story. That's how it was Well, in yeah, I and get... I mean, that's kind of how it's been throughout society. In general, well, women are sold. You have dowries and all kinds of shit. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I, I believe the Bible is in a little bit different of a reference class, though, because the Bible is supposed to be this moral, you know, authority. Oh, and, yeah, but they, see, that's the thing. They don't see women as equal. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though, is that, like, they don't see women as equal, but obviously they are. They're people just like everybody else. Mm. I mean, well, I'm saying in reality. In reality, yeah. But, I mean, as far as the Bible goes, women have always been, you know, the evil, uh, vindictive, you know, um... Oh, which is what Naomi turned into. Well, I don't know. Naomi wasn't evil or vindictive. She, I don't, I don't see she anything. She said that she was bitter. Yeah, but you can be bitter. I mean, you can be a bitter bitch and not be vindictive or evil. You can just be mad in a pissy attitude all the time. I don't That's know. It seemed like the first thing she wanted to do was get Ruth out the fucking house. She, she <laughs> just wants her to get married and be taken care of and happy. Yeah. Women aren't allowed to own property. So it's like well, having, making, she's trying to make sure that Ruth is taken care of. I get that. But what did Ruth actually want in this story? Do you remember? To come and live with Naomi. To come and live with Naomi and. Die with Naomi. Die with Naomi. <laughs> But and here's the thing. She can still be kin and family with Naomi because she married back into the family. Well, I get that she married back into the family, but it's kind of like Naomi, uh, like like uh, uh, Ruth just wanted to go and live with Naomi and be there with Naomi. Like yeah. she didn't she didn't want to like immediately get married and everything. I get the Israelite laws and all that kind of shit about it. But I, what, what I'm focusing on here is how none of this is what. Ruth actually wanted. Well, herself. I mean, not from what she said at the beginning of the thing, but you don't know what she wanted once she got to Jerusalem or uh, Bethlehem because she has done everything she can to try to win a man. So, I mean, it seems like she wants that. I, I mean, I feel like you're I feel like you're making an assumption that she doesn't want this, even though nothing says that she doesn't. All of her actions indicate that she does. Okay, well, I mean, I can buy that. I'm just, I guess I was more or less just contrasting where she started and then where she ended. Because where she started at was one place, and then where she ended up is completely different. Well, that's usually how life goes. Uh, yeah, true. It is. And I'm not going to sit here and try to tell her how she actually feels or anything like that. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, um, you know, the fact that it, it's, like, not her... Uh, choice as to who is her redeemer 
Well, yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't get to choose. It just so mm-hmm. happens to be the one that she stumbled upon and liked. You yeah, know, first meeting. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, but I mean, it could have just as easily been the other guy who she who she had never met. It could have. Yeah. But but I mean, that just highlights how it wasn't her her opinion. Like it wasn't her option. Like it wasn't. It wasn't her. her choice. It wasn't her decision. No. Right. But I think she's. It seems like she's fine with how like. It, it seems like what is happening is what she wanted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. But was it really her choice? Could she have been is just as easily sold off to this other guy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, which I don't know if she would have just been just as happy or if she would have been disappointed. I mean, honestly, the Bible doesn't really give us a lot of insight into how she actually feels about all this. That's because they don't care. She's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good point. Uh, is that all for today, though? No. We, no? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So then the elders of the, uh, then the elders and all those at the gate said, we are witness. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah, Ephrathah, uh, and be famous in Bethlehem throughout through the offspring of the the Lord gives you with this young woman. May your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Then he went to her and the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord. Uh, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he the, the women had to be saved by the men, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her lap and cared for him. The women lay, living there said Naomi has a son, which it, it wasn't her son. She was the great grandmother. Well, right. she she wasn't actually the great grandmother. They say she's the great grandmother, but she's not because, um, well, she would be the grandmother if it had been her son. But right. Boaz wasn't her son. It, from what they, it seems to be Boaz might have been Elimelech's brother, mm-hmm. which would make him her brother-in-law, which would make this her nephew. Right. But, I mean, Ish. again, this is the Bible, and yeah. they're kind of like, fuck <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, like, Boaz called her daughter, so I'm, yeah, I'm, assume, I'm assuming and that— And then married her. Right. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that, that the terms like daughter, son, or whatnot are just meant as general— Terms young, of endearment, kind of. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say general terms for young, like, people in the family. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, The women living there said Naomi has a son and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Yes. So the last bit of Ruth is the genealogy of Obed. And this is important because Ruth, Ruth's line becomes David's. Right. Right. And so David becomes the king of the Jews Mm -hmm. and he, he brings all the Israelite tribes together and is that's 
another like one of the next big things right so Perez was the father of Hezron Hezron the father of Ram Ram the father of Aminadab Aminadab the father of Nishan Nishan the father of Salmon Salmon the father of Boaz Boaz the father of Obed Obed the father of Jesse and Jesse the father of David did you say Minidab Aminadab 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 I was thinking of a really small Logan Paul dab and actually it might be Aminadab Aminadab uh, I don't know. I'm thinking that it's uh, mini dab. Uh, mini dad. Okay. Uh, mini dab. Sure. Anyway, so <laughs> that's all for today. Next week, we are going to talk about Samson the Strongman. And I'm really excited about the Samson story. Um, we actually have quite a bit to go through. Um, next week and it's the entire story of samson oh yeah yes and it's 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 kind of long so got a good bit to go through with samson okay next week samson hope you guys are, are ready for that uh this week is thanksgiving week and um you know casey and i we just talked about on the pre-show uh, you know, what we were thankful for and everything like that. But what we would like to know from everybody in the audience is what are you thankful for this week? Um, leave those comments down below. And uh, those of you that have made it all the way to the end, uh, we appreciate it. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.